please join me in the prayer for illumination. Holy God, upon the mountain you revealed our Messiah, who by his death and resurrection would fulfill both the law and the prophets. By his transfiguration, enlighten our path, that we may dare to suffer with him in the service of humanity, and so share in the everlasting glory of him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus, the 34th chapter, beginning at verse 29. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord has spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went to speak with them. Here ends the reading.
St. Paul's second letter to Corinthians, the third chapter, beginning at verse 12. Since, then, we have such a hope, we act with great boldness, not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside but in their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, that same veil is still there. Since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. Here ends the reading. The Gospel lesson from Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Listen with me for the word of God. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, 
and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So, I'm trying to exercise more. I've been going to the YMCA, sometimes swimming, other times going into the exercise room with all the equipment. Do a little bit of cardiovascular, and then try to lift some weights. And the machine I like the best is the elliptical machine. Recently, I was there on a Friday. You know it's my day off. Good day for me to go to exercise at the Y. And I'm on the elliptical machine, and they have a row of television sets high up above, maybe eight or so across. And within my field of vision, I can see three without needing to turn my head. Over here, I see ESPN reporting on a mildly interesting sports story. Right beside it, a daytime talk show. Meaningless dribble, I'm so glad it was on mute. And then over here beside that, a 24-hour news channel reporting on the possibility of Russia invading Ukraine. And as I'm exercising and watching all three screens all at the same time, it dawns on me, this is a snapshot of American privilege. Getting to exercise in an air-conditioned room where it's safe. Having the luxury of choosing which of multiple screens will have my attention. Meanwhile, we have brothers and sisters in Ukraine and, quite frankly, other parts of the world who don't have that luxury. But it's not just while we're exercising on the elliptical machine. It's wherever we go, isn't it? When we're driving in the car, we get to choose from so many different channels, from songs that we curate on our own playlist. When we're sitting at home on the TV, we have so many choices now on the remote control. We, we have the privilege of turning off those images that would cause us to be upset and instead just dwell on the things that make us happy in the moment. And that's been the way we've gone about things, especially over the past couple of years. There's been a resurgence in nostalgia. Nostalgia. You know, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, it seems nostalgia was just something reserved for December. But now many of us are looking to nostalgia every day. You know, if you study the history and the root of the word, nostalgia from the Greek means 
a painful longing to go home. Why is it that so many people have been binge-watching their favorite shows that they've already seen? Why are we going back to watch a reunion of the TV show Friends? Why do we keep playing the same music in the car that we heard from our youth and childhood? It does something to us deep on the inside. It gives us a place of comfort and safety. And we like to keep listening to the classics because we're confident that they won't let us down, whatever the classics may be for you. In a world with so much turmoil and upheaval, where so much is unknown, you don't need me to list it out, you know. In this difficult world, we can appeal to nostalgia to try to give us a balm to our weary lives. For example, the Super Bowl halftime show just a few weeks ago. Isn't it amazing how music has a way of either bringing people together or tearing them apart? I know that many of us watched the Super Bowl, or at least were in the room when the Super Bowl was on a TV somewhere in the distance, and perhaps you were waiting for the halftime show. Over the past several years, it's been kind of a hobby to vote on which was our favorite halftime show. How does it stack up against previous halftime shows, like the one where Prince sang in the rain or Bruce Springsteen performed with the E Street Band? Well, this halftime show became a lightning rod of conversation. I had people of my generation who were saying, hey, well, wasn't that great? Wasn't that the best halftime show ever? Do you want to know my personal opinion? No. It was a tribute to a style of music from a particular part of the country that, quite frankly, is not my taste in music. Now, if it was a tribute to 1980s hair metal and hard rock music, oh, I would have loved it but there would have been so many other people who would have hated it. Why is it that the Super Bowl halftime show became a lightning rod of conversation? Here's why. Because for so many people, it was a moment of nostalgia to remember what it was like to be a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s. It reminded them of a safe place. Why am I saying all of this about nostalgia? Because in today's gospel lesson, we read about Jesus taking Peter, James, and John up on the mountain to pray. And I believe up on the mountain, these three disciples had a moment of nostalgia. Let me say more. Jesus went up with them to pray, to reveal something true about God's nature that they had heard and seen before, but these three disciples were part of Jesus' inner circle. And knowing about how difficult things would be very soon on the way to the cross, these disciples needed more encouragement. They were facing difficult times, and they needed encouragement. So while they're up there on the mountain, Jesus' face became to shine a 
dazzling shine. And his clothes became so white. It was so bright. It got the attention of Peter, James, and John. But then what, what really grabbed their attention, now, all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah? These classics of the faith? Moses and Elijah? Oh, wow. Now, remember their stories. Moses is the one who was the great leader that the Lord raised up to deliver the people out of slavery in Egypt. The sea was parted. They went along on dry ground. The Lord provided manna from heaven. And then eventually the Lord led Moses up onto another mountain, Mount Sinai. And it was up on that mountain that the Lord gave the Ten Commandments. Elijah, the great prophet, the great prophet who took a stand on behalf of the right worship of God. He was the only prophet left. There were hundreds of prophets of the false god, Baal. And they were led up to another mountain, Mount Carmel. And there, Elijah took a stand for God. So we have these classics of the religious tradition, Moses and Elijah. Oh, I love these guys, Peter, James, and John thought. Let's keep playing them over and over again. In fact, how about we build these booths so that we can just kind of hold it all together? Hey, get out the VCR and press record. I want to keep playing this. I love this old song. I love this story. And just as Peter, James, and John were getting so comfortable in the nostalgia of their tradition, a cloud came over them. And not just like a big stormy cloud, but it was consuming them all around them. And when the cloud came and dissipated, Moses and Elijah were gone. All that was left was Jesus. That bright, beautiful, shining face of God's love. Dear friends, the good news of the gospel for you and for me, the Jesus who was there up on the mountain is with us today in the darkest of valleys. We may have an inkling to hold on to those memories, to have a desire to go back to what was comfortable, Jesus, however, ought to be the only face we see, ought to be the only voice we hear. The voice of the Heavenly Father spoke from the cloud and said, this is my son, the chosen one. you got to listen to him. We may want to listen to so many other voices. We may want to look at different screens and because of our desire to insulate ourselves from the suffering and pain of this world, we may be tempted to block out the voice that we actually need to hear. My hope for us this day, as we are about to step into this solemn season of Lent, is that we listen to Jesus' voice. And that we watch his bright shining face.
as we heard in the story from Exodus, there was that time that Moses' face was shining so bright that he had to wear a veil over it. The people couldn't handle it. We've become so accustomed with a different kind of veil these days, face masks. But you and I are called, as the, as the Apostle Paul notes in his letter to the Corinthians, we are called to allow the light of God's love shine forth from our entire lives. Not to wear a veil, not to hide it, but to allow it to shine. Wherever you may go, whether you're at work, at school, at the office, down the street, talking to a neighbor, when you listen to the voice of Jesus amidst all of the other voices clamoring for your attention, including the comforting tones of nostalgic memories. You and I must listen to the voice of Jesus and allow the bright, shining light of God's love, the same light that allowed the transfigured Christ to shine brightly on that mountain to transform us so that others in our own land can experience the healing and the saving love of our Lord. Amen.